everyone and welcome to the podcast of nonsensical gamers this is boardcast news for may 18th my name is matt and joining me on the podcast today are my two lovely co-hosts first up miss tiffany b hello and dan ladies and a happy mother's day at the time of this recording to all of our gamer moms out there they didn't they didn't say anything back that said what is this door of the explorer what are you doing <laughs> And happy dog Mother's Day to you, Tiff. Thanks. Are you going to take your dog out in your stroller? Um, Probably not. He can't go outside right now because his spleen is enlarged. Oh, my goodness. This poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kingsley had a vet appointment, and we found out that he needs an ultrasound of his spleen. Your dog and might be a human, a Tiff. You need to be splenectomy. careful. He, he's like the most human-like dog ever, but... I think he's you doing just right. accidentally have a tiny child. <laughs> he's taking it easy, though. Good. Okay. Can't, can't do much with a big old spleen. Moving forward, back to board <laughs> games. In case you forgot who we are, where to find us, you can do so on Facebook.com slash The League of Nonsensical Gamers. Head on over to YouTube and check out some of our videos we have over there or the BGG Guild number 2077 to join in the conversation. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or the Anchor Radio Station. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. Be sure to check out their game, A Flow of History, which is now on Kickstarter until June 10th. That'll run you 29 bucks. And I have officially set up Yokohama two-player on my table, although I haven't played it. I need to entice Kel to sit down. But... That is also from our lovely sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. So, moving forward, this is the news, and we have a lot to cover and a little bit of time to do it before the Mother's Day festivities begin. So let's jump right in, and we're going to start out with a few game announcements. First up, I tore through several game announcements and just threw them in the trash. Didn't care. But I stopped on this one because W. Eric Martin equated this game to one of his favorite card games and one of your two favorite card games, Abluxen. This is a game from Team Cyan, which is over in Japan, and it is called Recurring. And I say it that way because that's three R's in the name. This is a basic card game where you're trying to shed cards out of your hand and be the first one to uh, play all of your cards out. But the way that it works is when you play cards, you have to pick up everything that's already been played, which seems kind of counterproductive because how do you get rid of cards? Well, when you play a single card, you can beat it by a higher card or a pair. And when you play a pair, you can beat it by a higher pair or a triplet. And you kind of move in that sequence, and that allows you to get cards out of your hand faster. And if you ever play cards and don't have to pick anything up, your hand is out, and you score points based on how many cards you've taken or, like, scored throughout the game. And uh, you just do that a bunch of times. So it sounds like another one of those simplistic, you know, Linko, Bluxen, uh Fuji Flush, things like that, you know, get get cards out of your hand, really simple, play a bunch of people, and it sounded like something that might interest you too. It also has a quirky little art style with like spinning lines, like spirals. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> sure. There you do. The one I actually picked for you guys. What do you want what do you want me to say? Yes. I don't know. Card games are hard to talk about. <laughs> say nothing, I'm moving on. Days of Wonder has an expansion coming out. 
for five tribes. So now we officially have to call it seven tribes because now this one does not add a tribe, but it does add a player. Five tribes whims of the Sultan will add all the components for a fifth player as well as a new uh, whims of the Sultan mechanism where the certain tiles will allow you to get like these contract cards and if you complete the contract cards by having so many gins or so many things out on the board, things like that, uh, you can complete these contracts and gain extra points slash money because those things are dual-purposed in five tribes. So, Sultan cards sound cool. Playing with more than four players sounds god-awful. Yeah. Why? Why does anybody five want to play this a, game? It's a lot Ugh. of five tribes. Ooh. Just expand it another 30 minutes. No, thank you. I think the base game's fine. I think the base game is fine. Cool. That is all. This is going well. (laughs) From a collaboration of Project Raygun and Mondo, this is something that we've talked about briefly before. The Thing board game is officially announced with some of the mechanisms. It's The Thing Infection at Outpost 31, and if you could imagine, it's going to be kind of like a dark moon, hidden traitor... Uh, dealio going on because obviously the thing thematically is about some extraterrestrial that has taken the shape of a human in this secluded outpost in Antarctica or something like that so you are playing as the characters from the film slash book and uh, doing you know the, the hidden role deduction thing that so many games do but it's pretty at least it does look good. I, you know, I'm not really like a hit and roll deduction game for four to eight players kind of gal, but yeah, it's the thing. That's cool. Yeah, there will be a limited print run of deluxe editions that come with a couple extra uh, gadgets, but there will be a base game, I believe, releasing in October that you can check out if you are interested. Next up from Rio Grande Games, uh, the reprint of Cartagena which is not a game that I had ever known about. I just read about it through you know, a news post on BoardGameGeek, and apparently W. Eric Martin equates it to basically adult candy land where it's hand management that you're trying to play to move along uh, a linear track, but to gain new cards to move forward, you have to move backwards. So a little twist there. Uh, apparently it's, it's a solid little game, you know, family-style game, so if you're in the market for something like that, keep an eye out for Cartagena. Something that might interest Dan from Capstone Games, they have The Rur, R-U-H-R, a story of Coltrade, which is going to be a reprint of the Spielworks title Rurschiffart, 1769 to 1890. <laughs> yeah, I I tried. Is that Anybody the second wanted... or the third one in the series? This is the second one in the, se- in the series. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it sounds I... like it should be, well, I don't know. They describe it and it sounds heavier but maybe that's just because I saw Spielworks. I'm a little primed for a heavier title compared to Hospelnecht. I have it on. I've had it on my want to play list on BGG for a long time, but I've never gotten around to looking for it. I still haven't played Hospelnecht, so I'd like to do that first at some point. Yeah, that's fair. Well, if you are interested in this, I believe it's going to be coming out this Gen Con or around that time, and this version will include the standalone expansion called the Ohio 1811 to 1861 which I don't know exactly how that works it's apparently its own little game is so it going to, is it Gen Con it oh no no it's Lignum that's going to be Origins okay this one might be Gen Con I know they were doing like an Origins release because they're an Ohio company and they wanted to have like a bigger release for one of their games at Origins and I think I think it's Lignum 
Now that I think about yeah, it. I can confirm, according to BGG, that Gen Con 2017 will be the re- release for Rur. Cool. So, keep an eye out. A couple of things coming from Van Ryder Games. First up is Detective City of Angels, which is a mystery-solving game, but not like a lot of the games that we've been talking about lately. Uh, it's got a one versus... It's kind of like a one versus many, but it's you're trying to each trying to solve a mystery as a kind of gumshoe detective. But there is one player who influences your investigation. So when you go to talk to someone, they're actually going to be able to choose the responses that that player gives or that NPC gives to kind of lead you in different directions and maybe try to throw you off the trail. So it's got a little traitory element, but you know who that person is. So that's kind of an interesting take on the. mystery solving detective kind of thing they also have hostage negotiator the abductor pack number eight and the expansion to one of our favorite games of the last year saloon tycoon the ranch expansion will be coming out and don't know why that exists and a game a heist game called the big score so all of those coming from van rider games soon from Stonemire Games, the expansion to Between Two Cities, one of the most bland games that I have ever played, Capitals, will be coming in July. Uh, this will add a few twists and turns to the uh, Between Two Cities game, which is a collaborative tile lane game between the people on your left and right. You can try to score points that way. I believe one of you has gotten a chance to play this? Yeah, I have. An early, early prototype. The game group a game design group I go to every once in a while. Uh, Matthew O'Malley is actually the president of. Obviously, he's the co-designer with uh, Ben Rossett of this game. And yeah, Capitals adds a couple of things. I think it added, um, I forget what they were actually called, but it added like some mats, which like kind of restrict how and where you can build. So in in the base game, it was kind of just free form. You built a square. Yep. But I believe this this new expansion has like these like mats that have like restrictions and like landscapes that you have to like build around or f- near or something like that. Yeah, they're calling them landscape mats, which sound cool. I like that idea. I think there was like some new scoring options for like uh, connecting certain tiles in a certain way, and there was a new set of tiles or two. I'm, if you read the release, sorry, I haven't. I'm just kind of going off my memory of what I played. I don't know what made the final version, but I think there yeah, was like no, one or two on everything in the release. They have tiles. Yeah, those are the civic building tiles, as they're calling them, which have like restrictions. They should be next to certain specific tiles and districts that give a majority bonus for connecting certain tiles together. So everything you just said sounds like it made it in in some capacity. Yeah, and it, I'll be curious to see if it solves the tying where everybody ties at the end of the Apparently we're the only ones who experienced that. No, that no, possible? no, no. We yeah, even talking with like the guys at the the game design night like everyone was like, "Yeah, we tie too much." <laughs> and they, that yeah, that was okay. a known kind of thing. Um I won't comment further on what was said, but um Yeah, the 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 new additions they add they add a little bit of new flavor to it. I'm not I mean I I'm not a big fan of the game to begin with. Um, it's a perfectly fine game if you're looking for a perfectly average experience in my opinion. Like it's just there's better drafting games to me um, to spend my time playing. But 
this one adds, at least for someone that thinks like me, it takes away some of the free form, like, oh, where do I put this? Why don't oh, I just threw it over here? Like this one actually kind of structures your thinking a little bit more um, and gives you new ways to think about things, which I think was a bonus. So I think this will, I think this will, it'll up it up the game uh, slightly. Um, I, I'd, I would try it with the new version personally, just to see what it did, you know, in finality. Um, is that a word, finality? Is that a word? Finality is a word. Okay. I'm just making yeah. sure. Um, it's early. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you're looking to kind of spice up the base game, this is this this will help. All right. Well, that is, in fact, what I'm looking for. It's not a bad game. It just is a straightforward game, I would say. But, hey, moving forward, Catalyst Game Labs has announced something that I am re- remotely interested in. It is a Dungeons & Dragons-themed deck-building game called Dragonfire, and the reason why I'm interested in it is because it's building out of the Shadowrun Crossfire engine, which seems to have kind of floundered, although they do say that they are preparing a new expansion for Shadowrun Crossfire. Basically, Crossfire was like a legacy-style uh, element to the deck building, so you would build your deck and play the game, and you would get to put stickers on your character sheet to upgrade and get new powers and things like that, uh, which was a cool idea. You know, I, I like that idea to be introduced into the deck building realm. So this is coming from Catalyst Game Labs, who did Shadowrun, and we'll see kind of how they pull lessons from that. It sounds like they're already prepping multiple expansions or additional content upon release, which is another one of the problems with Shadowrun Crossfire. They just didn't, it didn't get support like you would have hoped. So it sounds like they are taking some of those lessons to heart and, and seeing what they can do to drive the initial storyline out of the gate and get people excited for it. So it just we'll see how it takes off. Why? Like you look at the BGG page and it says re-implements Dragonfire, Dragon Run Crossfire, and then they rethemed it dragons and fantasy it's like come on people like god uh, well i mean just, you got to figure that marketability it's probably a little bit more exciting i guess and generalizable than shadowrun like the people who like cge like shadowrun okay we get that so they appeal to their own market but they're trying to expand and sell games so you go dragons specifically D dragons you know whatever it is interesting <laughs> that they would theme it a competitive a, a competing rpg system like those are competing worlds shadowrun and dungeons and dragons that's cool. I mean, it's just the the name itself doesn't even make it stick out like Dragonfire. Wait, isn't there seven other games named Dragonfire or Flames of Dragon or Dragon Flame or Dragon and Flagon or you know what I mean? Like it's like, ugh. I, dig- I digress. I digress. All right. So Dan will not be playing this, but maybe he'll be playing the next game on our list. It is the new Dead of Winter expansion from Black Egg <laughs> Next. This game doesn't it's need called, expansion. It needs to be burned from Dragonfire. It's not it's that called, bad, and you've played it more than some of the, like, Euros. You've played it more played. than me. It's, right. It is that you bad. Don't say that. It is that bad. That game is... Hor- I had a discussion about this yesterday. That game is the worst. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about ways to improve it, because that's what expansions often do. This is Dead of Winter Warring Colonies, which will be designed by Colby Dauk and Timothy Mayer. So not the original Dead of Winter designers, but this is exactly what you're looking for, Dan. This pits four to 11 players against each other in two simultaneous games of Dead of Winter that can attack each other. What cuss words am I allowed to say on this show? You need both base games. You need Long Night and regular Dead of Winter to play this expansion. 
and they <laughs> they compete against each other. <laughs> I love this. I think it's a great idea. It People sounds who love Dead of Winter like a bad idea. This. No, you don't. It You're just like trolling at this idea. point. You're just Maybe. trolling at this point. I would never do that. Do you guys hear the sound? That is the ritual suicide being committed in my stomach right now. Like, seriously, who it would play this give, game? It'll give fans of Dead of Winter new survivors and crossroad cards to play with their base game. But if you want to play the full Warring Colonies thing, you got to have both base games and they, they pit them against each other as you try to compete if you pit them, and like, shoot at each you other. You literally pit the games against each other and one dies and the other one gets burned and like yeah, you know, that would be the only <laughs> way to play this game. Is it, if you lost you'd agreed to all burn the game. I hope one of our listeners gets this and plays it. Like it's such a weird concept. Ben will get it. Yes. And we'll play uh, it. Four player. I want to be, be part of it. I will fly in to play it. I <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, it's we gotta play it for the journalistic nature of it, Dan. We gotta obviously have something no, to report. No, I have a stack of sixty unplayed games. I would rather touch, not yeah, even play. Just we'll touch give you a story them. to tell, like this one. No, it won't, because you know what'll happen. You'll roll a die. You'll roll the tooth. You'll die. You'll lose a die. So you can't do anything else because now you're down a die to everyone else. Then you're gonna go to a location and you're gonna say, hmm, do I build a barricade or do I roll another die? Oh, I rolled another die. Now I draw a card. Oh, look, the card's not what I wanted. Cool, your turn. Dan has an intimate yeah, knowledge of dead great? winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up on the list before Dan, his head might actually be fuming. It is from Everything Epic Games, Rambo the Board Game, which, meh, another movie tie-in, another old movie tie-in nostalgia. It's a cooperative miniatures game with scenarios. It's going to have the regular base, like, Rambo scenario, which is from the movie, and then it will have extra scenarios on top of it. Yay. Ugh. You can play I as mean, John Rambo. I mean, there are going to be some Rambo fans that are into this, I guess. It's like Firefly yeah. for me. Like, even though I know that no Firefly game is ever going to be good again, I'll still try him. And maybe there's a guy out there that's, like, super into Rambo, and he's so excited right now. His name's uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Fantasy Flight Games. I only put one thing on here, and we're not ending with it, so we'll move right past. It's Star Wars Rebellion Rise of the Empire, which is an expansion for Star Wars Rebellion, introducing some of the Rogue One universe. So I know Tiff rolls her eyes because she hated Rogue One, but you'll get to play I, as... Oh, let's talk about that for a hot second. I didn't like it either. No, you guys are dumb. It was no, boring. No, the character development in that movie was just bland. It's I like, wanted them all to die. Yeah, like, I had no attachment to any character in that movie. Like, it was just like, introduce this character with a funny accent. Oh, here comes another one. Oh, they all died. Now we have the good movie. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was, I was blown away by it. I, I didn't like it. Like, yeah. I just bought it on Blu-ray this weekend. I love Felicity Jones. Like, I love her eyes are beautiful. Mm, man, just gaze into those. Well, and then the ending, it was, I feel like Darth Vader used a pun at some point. I don't think that's right. <laughs> I hope it was in the form of a penis joke, because <laughs> I don't remember it. I, I literally started falling asleep at the end of it. I fell asleep for a little while. So I can't say that I hate the whole movie, because I did sleep through a little bit of it. I just It just felt Maybe like... Maybe that was the good part. It just felt like they rushed through the whole story and developed none of it. 
but that's just me. I just wanted to say, I meant to tell you guys that last week because I watched it on, uh, I red boxed it when I was by myself last week and I was like, all right, yeah, Star Wars, let's do this. Oh. I'm going to stick with my Star Wars is overrated opinion just in general. No, now the, the, what was the one before that called? Uh, the one that was last year. The Force Awakens? Awakens? Yes. You can't even remember was... the title. So it could have yeah. been that good. No, it was actually. I really liked that no, one. No, I slept during that one as well. No, I liked that one. Yeah, because it was a remake of one of the old movies. I mean, I could see That's fine. why people uh, whatever. liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Go with what works, I guess. That's what Hollywood does. Blech. 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 Most importantly about this expansion is they're changing the combat, <laughs> which was one of the biggest issues with the game. We're you dice. see, like, we can't, I can't talk about the game, so I'll ramble on about the movie for an hour, but I can't yeah, talk that's about fine. the game. I don't remember combat. It. Maybe that's because it was forgettable, but I don't know what they're changing. I've, I've yeah. It's I don't remember hating it, universe. but I don't, I don't remember it, so that's, <laughs> I don't, you know. You guys don't remember a lot about the Star Wars stuff, so let's move forward into I thought uh, Rebellion was a fun Hafid's game. It's Grand way more Bizarre. fun to speculate, isn't it? Speculate what on imagine? what? I said it's way more fun to speculate what the game may or may not have been or is. Oh, yeah. Okay, so tell me what you think they change in this expansion. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And why they may have made those changes. We're going to talk about Rather Dashing Games. We should uh, do that. That'd be a fun little segment, like guess what the expansion adds. But it would have to be a game that we all kind of know. That would be interesting. Which would be hard. Since Five tribes, seems... whims of the sultan. What do you guys think it adds? <laughs> More downtime. There we go. <laughs> you win. You actually got it right. You've won the first episode of Guess What's in the Expansion. Excellent. Excellent. Rather Dashing Games. Hafid's Grand Bazaar is going to be like a lighter weight family game. It's going to be negotiation and auction. It looks cute. Uh, it's got some set collection. It almost reminds me of that game we just played, Lady Richmond. A little bit. I don't think it has the simultaneous element, but it's got, you know, just like lightweight set collection and negotiation. So, looks cool. A board game from Corvus Belly, which is interesting. They do the Infinity Miniatures game, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're coming out with a board game version, not not board game version of Infinity, but something set in the universe that's kind of similar. Uh, it's called Aris- Aristea? Aristia? Is that an exclamation uh, mark at the end? It, I believe it is in the title so is that like a spanish word or something it might be i know they're a spanish company help us so i didn't know all right i'll look it up aren't they yeah they're a spanish company right they are yeah i think they are brazilian maybe it's just like it's like that publisher sit down sit down that's not how you get people to sit down i've learned that especially with a child a three-year-old that's how i get people to sit down yeah well you're a teacher we gotta work on that Mm mm-hmm I'm much, I got more, nothing. I'm much more gentle giant. I literally just make them sit down. It's a remake but, of... Oh. Is a scene in the dramatic conventions of epic poetry as in the Iliad, where the hero in battle has the finest moments. Hmm. Ah. So something so epic. Means, yeah. Like, excellence. Cool. Well, now we know. Interesting. So... Wait for it. There's not a lot of detail out about the game itself, but uh, it's going to be epic. There will be demos floating around at Gen Con and uh, Essen, I believe, because that's where they will be. Corvus Belly will be available. So we can check those out from Mayday Games, a game that might interest Tiff. It's a remake of Gaijin Dash, which is that game about trying to cross the street and not get run over. 
It's called Rooster Frogger? Rush, and it's coming from Antoine Bowser. Yeah, it's a Bowser game. I almost bought this. Was this Frogger? At one point. It's essentially kind of Frogger. This one's about chickens trying to cross the road. Oh, I get it. I see what they're doing there. You got to figure out. Game. You got to figure out why. I get it. Which worries yeah, it me. is. At the end, you feel a little bit enlightened because you finally understand the punchline of that joke. I do. From friends, Matt Loomis and Isaac Shalev and IDW Games, they have their game Saikatsu. Saikatsu? Saikatsu. Which is a tile lane game. It's pretty. It's got pretty box art. And you're trying to score points by matching symbols and things like that. And it's got a one element of like perspective to your player board. So kind of like lanterns, like the way that you perceive the board impacts how you match things and line things up score points that way so that's kind of cool from aeg they're doing more guild hall fantasy so they remade guild hall into guild hall fantasy now they remake guild hall fantasy into advanced guild hall fantasy which just adds extra characters and things like that i don't know if you have to buy the same thing again or if you'll be able to get them separately i'm not sure but uh that is out there if you like guild hall i do like guild hall and everyone i've played with does not like it i well let's play we should play it i'll bring it i'll bring it I have it. Um, I'm so glad that I stuck with regular Guild Hall and didn't go yeah. into this Guild Hall fantasy stuff. That's how I feel when I see this. That's fair. Uh, from Stronghold Games will be our last of the game announcements. They are expanding two of their games. First, City of Spies, which the first game was called Esteril 19-something or other. This one will be called City of Spies Double Agent. And they also are expanding Dark Moon into Dark Moon Shadow Corporation. Is so it going to have actual nice sci-fi dice in it? Are they going to replace no, the no, wooden no, 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 no. old-timey dice? Oh. No, it's actually going to be um, just pieces of paper that you have <laughs> to, like, tape together, like making a paper cube, and then you'll roll those. And then sticker them. It's to cut down on cost, so it would only be an $80 expansion. Ouch. Yeah, sorry, that was two cuts at once. I apologize. That was, that was real. <laughs> we were just vicious this morning on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it out now so that I'm peppy for later. Let's move forward into hobby news. We got a couple of things to talk about. First up, the Origins 2017 preview is live. So that's exciting because that means that Origins is fast approaching. You can go check that out. We will likely be covering that in a future episode. I assume we'll go over some of the games that we're interested in checking out and things like that. Uh, there was a mysterious picture posted on the Seven Wonders Facebook page. Yeah. Just it. Oh, uh oh. Yes, Dan? No, I, I, think okay? it's, I think it's going to be the app. I'm really excited. Yeah. It said 7717 on it. Very mysterious. I can't wait for that app. It's good that it didn't say 7777 or else we'd be waiting a very long time for the app. Well, I think they started it in 77. So. That might be true. <laughs> so just a regular picture, but it is not art that I've seen before. Like it's not on a box cover or anything like that. So that's cool. It might be the app. Could be something different. So we'll wait to see about that. Either way, it will be mine. It will be Dan's. Passport Studios has joined forces with Rule and Make. Rule and Make is an Australian company. They did games like uh, Burger Up and what was another game? Burger Down. Burger Up and Burger Down. Yes, That's the expansion. And uh, they are joining forces with Passport to get their distribution market opened a little bit. And I've been in contact with some of the Rule and Make people. Uh, they really want to come on the show. They listen and they'd like to come on the show and chat about the Australian board game market. So I think that's something that we definitely need to get set up uh, at some point in the future. So that'll be cool to check out. But you'll be able to get your hand on Rule and Make games. Uh, I believe it goes into effect at Origins or maybe Gen Con. So you'll be able to get 
your hands on some of those games a little bit easier soon. From Restoration Games, remember how they had Stop Thief, their first game on Kickstarter. We debated that a little bit. They apparently did well enough to hire some new people. First up, they hired Lindsay Daviau, which I guess kind of makes sense because I believe Rob Daviau is intimately involved in Restoration Games. So she joined as their production superhero. I guess they all have silly titles. Well, that's fun. They hired J.R. Honeycutt, who co-designed Seafall and some other games. Uh, he is the Tinker-in-Chief. So he will be doing uh, getting games ready for production, You know, doing some of that post-design development, things like that. And then Suzanne Sheldon was hired as the Master of Fireworks, who will be, it sounds like, doing a lot of the social media and kind of uh, publicity campaign kind of stuff. So three names that we've probably heard before now working for Restoration Games. Maybe That's one day we'll have... put on your resume. What? Master of Fireworks. Master of Fireworks. That's true. Maybe we'll all work in the industry one day. Doubtful. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. I like money. Moving forward. Education for life. That's Woo. where I'm at. Making money for life. <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. Satisfaction for life. Job satisfaction. That's what I get. Moving forward. The die. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. The Dice you, Tower Award nominees are up. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but I figured I would touch on a couple of the different things that we saw. So first, best game from a new designer. We've got Kingdom Death Monster, Vast, The Crystal Caverns, Adrenaline, Terraforming Mars, and the Manhattan Project Energy Empire, which I thought was an interesting category. A lot of our other things we've kind of seen before, but... For best strategy game, we had A Feast for Odin, Great Western Trail, Scythe, Star Wars Rebellion, Terraforming Mars. Best board game production, Conan, The Others, Mechs vs. Minions, Scythe, and Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, small publisher, something that we kind of value here, was Arkwright, Cottage Garden, Not Alone, Role Player, and Vast the Crystal Caverns. And then the Game of the Year list looks pretty much like our Game of the Year list that we've already done previously. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, our yearbook episode, but some of the things that they had that we did not have, they had Captain Sonar on there, they had Cry Havoc on there, uh, Inish, and I think we had pretty much everything else. Rebellion, Scythe, Mechs versus Minions, things like that. So it sounds like Dice Tower is right in line with where we were, so you don't have to listen to them anymore. Just listen to us, and you'll get it six <laughs> months early. I think that's the message there, right? Yep. Yeah, obviously. Two pieces of app news before we round out the show with Kickstarter Spotlight. First, 1812, The Invasion of Canada will be coming to your iPad and such in late June. And also the Race for the Galaxy app is officially live and available, and our own Tiffany B has experience with it. I just downloaded it this morning and played the tutorial, and it works. And I'm happy for this because I sold off all of my Race for the Galaxy. Roll for the Galaxy has more or less taken its place, but I do miss Race for the Galaxy a little bit. It was one of the games that got me started, and uh, it works way better in app form because you don't have to remember all the symbols. You can just tap on the card, and it's like, hey, it does this, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, instead of, like, struggling, which is what always happens when I teach someone the game. Struggling. Struggling. Lots of struggling. So I think there's going to be less struggling, and maybe, maybe Matt will download this and play it with me. You know... You know, maybe I will. It's only it's a game I've only played once, if you can believe it. I can believe that. I yeah. I I think it's a it does turn some people off. Yeah, we played it. I think I've said this before. We just played it way too early on. 
and it didn't didn't click at the time. I didn't realize what games could be, and it was mm. aversive. One of my worst okay. board game memories is attached to Race Race for the Galaxy. Oh, yeah? yeah, just you know, a player who was not engaged and caused quite the stir on a New Year's Eve. Ooh. But anyway, it was yeah. it was fine. It worked out. We well, never played good. it again. So is that through Game Center if people want to play with you? Is that how they find you or do they need like a username? I don't know. I haven't played it. I, I literally just this morning tried out the tutorial. Okay. Uh, so we'll just say hit up Tiff on Twitter if you want to play some Race for the Galaxy with her. Yeah. Something to supplement your time with Dan Patrice, not replace your time with Dan Patrice. You can never replace that time. No. So she'll still play Lords of Waterdeep in between her Race for the Galaxy turns. For the rest of my life. Forever and ever. And will never so, end. <laughs> let, <laughs> let's move on to some Kickstarter Spotlight. We have three projects to talk about. Two that we got preview copies of and one that Tiffany B. backed. So first up, let's talk about Wanted Earth. Wanted Earth is from Shadow Squirrel Games. It will be ending on June 14th. It is... Not very far along in its journey. It's about one-fifth of the way. I think it's 17% officially at the time of this recording. And this is a one-versus-many miniatures game, which is always a bold endeavor. It's got a cool sci-fi aesthetic. uh, And in this game, you've got a unique cast of characters, almost kind of like XCOM style, if I had to say something, facing off against an alien menace. And it has a... Uh, super dungeon explorer kind of overlord where each round you're going to be spawning minions across the board at different locations some of them random some of them planned you have different costs to your minions uh, that you're trying to balance and then through your actions you have a variety of movement and action points that allow you to activate special abilities and shoot and fight uh, and do all kinds of fun things and then there's also one other mechanism where each round, one of these enigmas will come out. And there are two different kinds of enigmas. One that will revive your guys. So if you die, you get to come back by activating an enigma, spending some action points to do so. And then the second kind of enigma is a round extender, which is kind of an interesting mechanism. This is what I feel when I play the game. This was the most memorable piece was this idea that you can strategically extend the round, almost doubling the time so you get more actions but the overlord does not get the extra spawn. So everyone gets to go again if you activate this enigma thingy, but you don't have to worry about more guys coming on. So you can get a chance to whittle down the numbers a little bit more and kind of stem the tide from getting overwhelmed. And then halfway through the game, you're going to basically activate or uh, cause the big bad to come down from his spaceship and he's going to land and you're going to have to fight him off if you're not dead by then. So 89 bucks gets you this game. Uh, Shipping will be calculated after. So depending on how much gets unlocked and, you know, once they do their production estimates and things like that, you'll add the shipping in and you get a whole bunch of stuff. You get all kinds of uh, minis, which have nice little sculpts. Uh, You get one set of the Goygon, which is the bad guys. And you get a whole bunch of heroes that all have different powers and abilities and things like that. Uh, You can throw on some extra cards and a comic book if you're interested in it. Uh, But overall, it's an interesting miniatures project. It stands out in that it's not coming from your cool mini or not and things like that. You know, so this is a first-time publisher. It's a big endeavor for them. 
uh, and it's got a big funding goal, which is one of the things I think Dan and I agreed on was painful to see because this is the kind of money that it takes to make a miniatures game. But I think $99,000 is a tough sell uh, for a first-time Kickstarter page. Yeah, just the psychology of that alone was, I was like, oh man, that stinks. Because like when you, you want to like be along for the ride and get it, but like if it doesn't, I don't know. It's just a tough psychology to deal with, I think, when you're looking at it as a backer. You're like, that's a lot of money. We do the math. I think Matt pointed out it's only like it's like a thousand backers, which is less than your normal print run. So if they could get that going, um, that'd be great. But it's still like that's a that's a big number to put on a Kickstarter page. And like Matt talked about, like we played this, and it's a really kind of I, I found the rule set to be quite simple. Um, I, I yeah, I'm not sure. If, I guess streamline would be the word. Um, especially for like a tactical miniatures game. Uh, there wasn't a lot of crazy fluff um, in the abilities. It was, they were, they had enough like twists and turns to them that were interesting. And uh, I thought it was a really good comparison you made with to XCOM because I think one of the most interesting parts for me was the, the combination of the different heroes and how they could kind of work off of each other. Um, and figuring out that in itself, I think is where you could, um, have some fun. Um, we, what did we play? We played the, we played the one versus many, but there is also a, um, when I was speaking with the guys there, uh, there's also a campaign mode that can play one, one to seven. Um, and there's also, there's also rules for PVP. So similar to like your Imperial salt, if you like just the tactical skirmishes, um, there's also PVP, um, versus your friends. So a number of different game modes, um quick i liked the enigmas i thought that was a a really cool mechanic the you touched on it again i mean you touched on most of the things i would talk about since we played together um but i thought that was really neat how you could extend the game because we we were like oh yeah why wouldn't we do that but a couple times it's like maybe we should like on retrospect and a couple of the the play like it was like maybe we shouldn't have done that because that gave you know that delayed the the big boss from spawning new people but it also it just yeah it it prolonged our efforts to get that big bad out and fight him at the same time so i was like maybe it would have been easier to just rush through and just hack and slash with him for six straight rounds save those enigmas maybe for like the fifth and sixth round when we needed some reprieve and some healing and things like that um that's a good idea, yeah. Instead of doing it like the first and second when we did, and I was like, damn, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But um, Yeah, the, and the reason why that's important is because once that big bad comes down, you don't spawn any minions anymore. So so even if you yeah. still had minions on the board when he came out, it's, yeah, it's it's not as bad, maybe. So, yeah. But it's a, it's a cool, like, oh, I can go get that really quick. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty tight little, I mean, our, our games were tight. Um so I thought. Yeah, I think. Okay. No, I was gonna say I think it was a it was a it's a good it's a good first effort from these guys for sure and it's like I said it's it was very simple for for a tactical miniatures game. Uh, yeah, rule set have, wise. So rule set wise. I think that the biggest weakness that stands out to me outside of you know first time publisher, so you don't know what you're getting into in terms of how things are going to come out you know when you back a cool mini project you kind of know what you're getting these days so that's it there's a danger there but that's what kickstarter's for and i think that balance is the is the other thing you know 
how balanced are all the heroes yeah. and in combination. So a lot of play testing and I, we did not play all combinations, so we can't speak to overall balance. So that is a potential weak point, but I think there's a lot of strengths. Like we've, we've talked about the enigmas and the turn structure. Uh, there's that, uh, something that's becoming very popular in games like this these days are the, the floating turn structure. So everyone can take actions interchangeably. You can, yeah. Dan can go take an action, go shoot someone, then wait let someone else see how their turn goes and like bounce back and forth with your movements and things. So it feels very team-based, collaborative. You know, there's a lot of table talk about I'll go here. Okay, I'll do this and then we'll see what happens. And then, you know, if A happens, we'll do the B. If B happens, we'll do C. So it gives you a lot of, uh, lot of opportunity to work together, which is good. And then there's also a potential modularity to the board, which we didn't get to play with. But it looks like on the campaign page, if you don't want the static board, you can actually move the terrain around. So you've got some customizability there. So that's also interesting. And it's just very kind of straightforward. You know, so I think that those are all positive elements um, that can potentially counterbalance the uh, the dangers of a first time project. Yeah, no, I agree. But if you're into minis and you're not looking for dragon fire um this was a it was a, a deck builder there's no no but i'm no but i'm saying like if you're not looking for like your standard fantasy trope yeah. dungeon crawl tactics miniatures game kind of thing this one was a it was a really cool theme and they had a good backstory um and it was yeah if you like that kind of futuristic sci-fi thing and the miniatures were cool i mean we had i think they were i guess they were 3d printed miniatures that we were playing with but yeah they were they were detailed um and they were they were pretty good quality for again, not final production. I thought that was good. Yeah, and I think that the important thing to know is that if you like this game, like backing it and supporting it means that potential there's potential for more content. So what I would want would be let's get another alien race in here to fight against, but that's only gonna happen if you put the money up front to help them succeed and, and kind of make the game big. So, you know, that's where the the Kickstarter element comes into play. If you want more of a game like this, you gotta you gotta help it out. So Wanted Earth ending on June fourteenth. Next up, we have another project that we got to kind of play around with. This is Moa from Ape Games, Martin Wallace. It's ending on May 31st. It's about 75% through its funding, and it's going to run you 40 bucks plus a separate shipping that's charged at the end. And this is, as I described it, area control with birds. If you really like anthropomorphic animals, this game is for you. I'm looking at you, Tiff. I already backed a Kickstarter this week. I can't back this one. <laughs> Well, go to Moa and look at the art. I'm looking at it's it right pretty. now. It's pretty. So, actually, Dan, I'll just let you. So, Dan, tell me what's going on with Moa since you've kind of spearheaded this one. So, Moa, again, Martin Wallace, um, but a little less kicky between the legs, um, which is good. I'll start off with that. Uh, this is area control driven by cards. So, essentially, each there's two. There's two. I guess, rounds in the game. And within each round, you're going to take uh, seven turns. And on a turn, you're going to play a card. And on these cards, they have one to four different symbols, um, either birds, magic, honor, or attack. And using the symbols, and you can the, the catch is you're going to be dealt nine, and you got to use those nine cards. And there's ways to draw more through magic and stuff like that, but... You're dealt those nine cards to play over seven rounds. And the catch is that you can play more than one card for, per action to boost the symbol count. So if I wanted to lay out five birds, but my card only had four, my one card had four, and I had another card that had one, I could play both of those cards 
for, to play out five birds on the table. Um, so you're going to do that. You're going to play one action, next person. Really kind of snappy turn structure, which is what I enjoyed most about that game. Um, and it plays in like 60 minutes, which is another plus. I think Martin Wallace has got some games out there now that are starting to see the light of day that are more... I don't want to say light, but more like light to medium where they're hitting around that 60 to 75 minute range and a little different audience than some of his like past train games and automobile and stuff like that, that are for more of the like hardcore economic crowd. Um, so anyways, getting back to this. So when you play things out to the board, each round, each turn, so each of the seven turns, there's two, uh, what are called terrain cards. And on the board, there's four or five different terrain types. And you are restricted to only being able to play within those terrain cards for this action. So if there's a forest and a mountain range, when you play your five birds, they could only go in a forest or a mountain range. So um, you got to keep that in mind. That was probably the trickiest part for me starting out was remembering that I could only play into those restricted areas. Um, and then knowing that it could change again. So there's a little, there's a slight, I mean, it's not a selling point. There's just a slight little pressure luck element in that it's like all right if i put five birds because you're limited to like 16 birds total if i put five birds in the forest and a desert doesn't come up next time like all right i'm not getting into the desert but if a desert comes up i got four birds left and i can go and take matt's positioning and it was yeah it it really played um played out interesting in my head last time we played it, especially with five players um so yeah it's 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 really simple you play cards you just add birds to the board you take control of areas um i guess the other twist is and this is i think where the the original theme of the game was is supposed to be a kind of a simulation of the inhabitants of and i guess what would it new be? zealand new zealand yeah um so every round those terrain cards pop up like an event and one of those events could be that the mammal creatures attack your birds um so, and this is just a, it's just a simple like mechanic where the birds of a certain type or the animals of a certain type will go from region to region until somebody defeats them or they like land and inhabit that region. Um, at which point you can't play into that region until you defeat them. So uh, it's, a, it's a cool little mechanic when it plays out because um, you have to kind of think about it. And, you know, okay, I just dropped five birds in this, but if I can't fight off that weasel, if that weasel comes up, then I lose all five of those birds and we're, we're screwed in that region. So, um, yeah, all in all, I liked it actually. Um, I will admit we played it. It's three to five players. We played it at three and I, I can't recommend it at the three count while it does work and it works fine. It just wasn't as interesting as our plays at five. Um, and I also played this once at four and it was they were much more successful, um, especially at five. I thought five was very tight um, and very kind of exciting and tense um, throughout both rounds. Yeah, five is definitely the ideal player count, which is, you know, a tough sell to say, like, this game should probably be played at five. But like Dan said, it's functional at all players counts. Three, uh, four, four, five. Four was good. Um, five was great. That, that's what I would say. Yeah, five has a lot of tension and you get into strategic third places and things like that. And uh, they, I think that the the only thing that's 
potentially troubling is the is the card draw where there's definitely ways to fix your card draw there's a special power that lets you like trade in three cards or three new cards and draw more cards so i don't think that it was overwhelming and it was felt a lot less in the five player game which is another reason to play that count at the three player game it was like if you had a really solid hand you could just get ahead of the other players a little bit easier and while everyone else had to make adjustments the five player was everyone's kind of restricted and you're trying to to make the best there's always something to do with those cards and you're fighting over fewer territories because you can't spread as far out and things like that um so it was cool and i think that the game looks looks great i really like the bird art i think that the the mammals are the the art looks great as well it's just silly to be attacked by dogs and army outfits and sneaky weasels and things like that so i think that it's a fun personification there and uh, overall, yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty solid game, and forty bucks seems like a nice price tag to get it at, which is going to be, I think they said twenty percent lower than retail. So this might be the way to get this game, as opposed to waiting. I'm clicking remind me right now. And uh, it will if you've backed some of the projects that we've talked about before from Ape Games, like Petrachor or uh, Great Dinosaur Rush. Petricor. You can combine your shipping. So if you've backed one of those and you like this game, you can pay one shipping, which is nice, and you'll get them together. So I think it's pretty cool, Tiff. I'd recommend And it. I think that this is a game... I wish it had an art book. I really do love the art. <laughs> the art's amazing. I, I think... What do you think? I think I liked it more than Via Nebula. Yeah, I mean, Via Nebula, really, we've expressed our... No, but Wait, I, the art I, or the game? No, I'm I'm just comparing them because they're both kind of like 60-minute Martin Wallace kind of lighter strategy games and like i think he i think he did much better with this one than that one personally yeah i mean i think area control is more interesting anyway but uh i do think that this is a a lot more interesting of a play now via nebula does have the two and three player advantage where i think that those games play better at those lower counts but you know area control is always more interesting typically more interesting i'll say at higher player counts because you want to be you want it to be congested you want there to be tension and things like that so within this genre the player count is fine so it it really shouldn't be knocked if you like this kind of game so yeah i would say this is uh definitely better higher recommendation than via nebula for sure uh in terms of a an accessible martin wallace game so our last project is a tiffany b original this is what I can only assume is a game about space bears, although I'm pretty sure she's about to yell at me because it's not about space bears. It's called Ursa Minor. It's from Room and Board Games, ending on June 8th. It is just about funded. It's it's probably there by the time you're hearing it. It'll run you 24 bucks plus 5 bucks shipping, so 29 altogether. And I'm pretty sure this is about space bears, but Tiff does not agree. It's not about space bears. It's Ursa Minor, as in M-I-N-E-R, because you're bears mining for honey. And it's a tile laying game, and it's supposed to be two to four players, 30 minutes, and it looks really, like, simple. It looks like something my board game club would enjoy, and I like the cute little bear art of it. But you have, like, a three-layered mountain, and you start off with a couple of bears, and on your turn you can move your bears, and they can mine for honey, and you can mine the tiles around you. They have a certain number of bears that they need to be mined mined. And then once you mine them, they're in your tableau, and you can use the honey to get more bears and do stuff. And as you dig deeper in the mine, it gets harder to to do stuff, but you get more honey. And the victory condition is 
finding tiles with royal jelly on them. I didn't know bears were into royal jelly. I don't know what bears are into, but I'm into this game. <laughs> mining, apparently. <laughs> apparently mining. I mean, it's got cute bear meeples. It's got, like, yeah. bonus cards that you can play on your turn that let you mess with your opponents a little bit or move things around a little bit. And it's looks like just the perfect kind of weight game for my board game club. That's why I backed it. And it's it's one of those games that's just like, oh, that's cute. 24 bucks, okay. Yeah, the layered board is really cool. I'm watching the, they have an animation, like a GIF of it. And it's mem- mesmerizing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. The layered board is a really smart idea for this mining kind of thing because you literally have layers that you dig in. You put different tiles. At the bottom, you have like the depths of the cave and at, at the top, you have the, the uh, topsoil and stuff like that. So you're digging through and it looks like the game, you actually have to move to adjacent areas. And as the tiles disappear, you form like these tunnels and you actually get locked up. So that's cool. Like you, you end up in this tunnel system where you're like, oh, my bears can't move because other bears are in the way. Yeah, you can't move to tiles that have other bears on them is one yeah. of the limitations. And the whole thing has to stay connected. So as it goes, it, it's more and more limiting. But I thought it looked pretty, pretty neat. That is neat. It's a neat little game. Yeah, it looks like it comes in a small box. That was nice. for Dan. I think it looks cute. That's all, I mean, I'll be buying it. six copies of it. I, I, I will play <laughs> it. I will not buy it. I, I, I have no need for it, but I, I see the need that you have. You don't want for... bear eeples? No. Right. I there. think if you like light games and you like tile-laying games, it looks like a good buy. I don't know. Now, is it tile-laying or is it tile-removal? Like, tile, it's tile-removing, okay. technically. Okay. It's, yeah. You're collecting tiles, too. Yeah. So Although, tile. when you set the game up, you get to lay tiles, Dan. Right. It's tiles. No, I was telling you guys before the show. It looks. It's got kind of like a layout, like a like a Costa Rica, where you're, and then that game you're like moving on the tiles and collecting the tiles. It doesn't have layers like this, but kind of the shrinking board element where you can be cut off and set collecting, and so it, it has a feel similar feel to that for me. Just looking at the page, yeah. I'm excited about it. it. It reminds me of the time that I found Waggle Dance, and I was like, "Oh, like I'm into this," and no one's talking about it. So, honey, themed still games. not talking about it either. Sadly, <laughs> oh, I I still love Waggle Dance. It's one of my go tos. But so, Tiff, when you get this game, will you play as the yellow honey bears, the brown brown bears, the black black bears, or the red red panda bears? I don't know. I'd probably go honey bears. Honey bears. It just seems like the lucky color i mean there's no blue it kind of messes with me there's no royal jelly bear but that's all right it'll be okay Ooh, a glossy rule book too i love (laughs) how they describe that all right so that is ursa minor m-i-n-e-r don't get it wrong and you're uh, when you build the mountain you should should just play with honeygrams and then when your bear dies you eat it <gasps> I don't think the bears die, Dan. Or when they get trapped and they can't move any further, you eat it. Or the other bears eat it. But you simulate oh. that. So they're can- cannibalistic yes, yes. bears? This, this is turning dark. This little family game. Ursa Minor Cannibals. Yeah. But, oh, cannibalistic space I'm just trying to find game. a way to incorporate honeygrams into this game because that would make it way more interesting for me. How about you just play it and you have some honeygrams nope. while you're nope. playing? I need Your competitive honeygram eating. Nope. Sticky tiles, that's no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honeygrams are covered in honey, Dan. No, so what? They're covered in delicious. Well, I guess that's true, too. All right, let's 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 go before we get any further. Dan's clearly hungry. It's time to go to Mother's Day lunch. 
I've thank you shower. all for joining us. Oh, well, don't eat honey grams in the shower, Dan. They'll get all soggy. I just had a mental image of Dan sitting in the bathtub playing with honey grams. Yeah, like, thanks for that. Like that's, they're little sailors. And then that's he, like, what eats I like them. to walk away with on the podcast. Know. You're welcome. Dan he's in the bathtub those with little, honey grams. <laughs> little toy boats. Mm-hmm. And then he's yeah. like floating them around in there. Yep. Bubbles oh, covering no, was... all the right pl- places. <laughs> Ladies. Ladies. <laughs> all right, well. You need a lot of bubbles. If I wasn't uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Right at the end, too. We made it so far. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Hit us up. Podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com is our email. BGG Guild number 2077. Get yourself a tiny meeple shield micro badge. Let us know your top of the stack, things like that. Find us on Instagram, Nonsensical Gamers, is run by Dan and Steve. I am Cinnamon Buns, spelled phonetically. If you like the show, check us out on iTunes. That would be really nice if you could write us some kind words or give us some stars. That is a great way for podcasts to get noticed, surprisingly. Uh, iTunes is fairly important for visibility. So let us know what you think. Give us some constructive feedback so that we can make the show exactly what you want it to be. Also check us out on the Anchor Radio app to listen to tiny snippets of board game media. If you want to talk with us directly, Twitter is the best place to do that. So Tiff, if they want to find you... I'm at IneptGamer. And Dan, if... I'm not going to go down that route. Dan, if they want to find you... <laughs> what? Were you going to say if someone wanted to take a honey gram bath? That's just weird. But seriously, what were you at League I Nonsense. I really want to know. Or at Scandalous underscore Nad. It definitely involved honey grams in the bathtub, but... Yep. It's going to go down a picture route, and I don't think that's what we... (laughs) You have to go to scandalous underscore Nat for that, because that's pretty personal. Yeah, that is very personal. personal. That should not be on the main account, Dan. Stop posting your bath pictures on the main account. You can also find me at Cinnamon Buns, spelled phonetically. Dan's going to have like 80,000 more followers after this episode. That's going to be awesome. Mm. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I've been working out. (laughs) (laughs) and that's the show oh god i gotta go take a shower for real for something entirely different everyone say goodbye toodles goodbye bye